Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. Welcome in to yet another episode of Rookie on the Rise. Uh, I understand if you're surprised that you think we would be seeing Michael, a.k.a. MW77, but we had him for two, and I just wanted to bring on a long-lost love of mine, somebody that has been just sort of hiding in the shadows, lurking, creeping, being weird, playing with his balls, primarily his baseballs. Uh, and it's Mr. FF Bourbon New Bradley. Bradley, you can find him working on... His YouTube, what's your YouTube thing? Dynasty Bourbon Bourbon Sips and Fantasy Football Tips. Bourbon Sips and Fantasy Football yeah. Tips. Fantastic. It's way too long of a, of a name. At least it's not Sips and Tips because that is a little too kinky for this. It's too kinky. So, so I did I, I did make a commercial for that where it said Sips and Tips, and I was like, mm, I can't. No, I can't do that. Not today. No can do. Uh, anyways, we are here. We're going to talk about the purgatory round. Rounds four, five, six, and seven. And we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of our running backs that we liked that the NFL apparently didn't like. And they took them in the sort of dead zone. And um, before we kind of get into our diatribe and breaking this down, it's going to run long, guys. So I completely understand. But you should definitely listen to this through because you're going to get a lot of really fantastic information that much I am going to guarantee to you um but bradley how the hell are you doing man what's new what's shaking on you i'm good man the weather's starting to turn finally so we've been busting our ass outside getting our yard under control getting ready for the pool to open up i'm gonna try to open it tomorrow for the first time of the year uh get that solar cover on it and get it warming up uh work is starting to ramp up now that covid's kind of you know you know, on its downturn, it looks like, you know, we're back in the office every day. Uh, so that is, I forgot what that was like, to be honest, you know, spending two years working from home. Now I have to get up at five 30 in the morning and go to work every day. Like this, this kind of sucks. I didn't uh, even get a chance but, to work from home. This is some horse shit, man. 
Oh, that's shitty, man. It was yeah, fucking awful. Shitty. You missed out. Man. Yeah, <laughs> don't work out. in healthcare, y'all. Don't fucking do it. You don't get the luxuries <laughs> yeah, of all these right? common folk get to do. You're a healthcare <laughs> hero, and you don't get shit for it. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, you get disc. You get discount wine. That's what you get. Yeah, fuckload of wine here. Ooh, anyways, anyways, we're gonna talk about fantasy football, and we're gonna talk about rookies because this is rookie on the rise, bitches. And I am tired, so we're going to keep this energy up. I'm probably going to take a break and go take a shot of, or pour myself something. Probably gin just to piss Bradley off, honestly. Being the bourbon dude, it seems <laughs> oh, right I've to drink gin. gin. It still tastes like shit. <laughs> Such an idiot. I can't even help you. You're so far gone. Oh, my God. All right, so we're going to do this a little differently. There's no show sheet. There's no questions. Um, I'm going to post on Twitter and see if anyone's going to be really, really quickly throw out any questions. I seriously doubt it, though. But we're just going to talk fucking rookies, all right? So before I get into it, I just want to acknowledge one major Can portion. we talk about fucking rookies? Like, that's kind of weird, dude. I mean, uh, fucking comma rookies. There's emphasis and grammar. I don't, don't grammarly me, bro. I'm an idiot. I'm edumacated. My grammar wheels well. So my kid's got a shirt, right? It's got a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex on it. And it said, let's eat kids. And then underneath it, it says, let's eat, comma, kids. Like, <laughs> commas matter. So <laughs> That is a fantastic. So. I love that. Uh, so oh. we're just going to go round by round. We're going to basically tell you if you should care about this player or not. And if you, we care about him, then you're going to hear about him. If we don't, then guess what? <laughs> Find another podcast because we ain't hearing shit about him here. So... Uh, <laughs> I do want to get to one thing, though. This, These rounds, four to seven, there are going to be guys in situations you like, and you're going to hear about them later, but it is really important to notice that they do not have the draft capital to be sticky year to year. They have to absolutely ball the fuck out to maintain their position, and it still isn't guaranteed. James Robinson had an incredible year as a UDFA, and they went first-round running back. Michael Carter had a good year as a fourth-round running back. They went sec early second round Brees Hall, best running back in the class. Amon Ross St. Brown had a fantastic end of season. They not only signed a, rook, or a wide receiver, they traded up to get Jamison Williams. The list is endless. You are going to find a lot more guys that squander away and aren't long longevity stays on your team than you find guys that are going to be hitting for a long time. That being said, there is value here year to year, and you just need to know when the right time is to sell them. So first pick in the fourth round is Kate Otten out of UW. I'm surprised he went this high, to be honest. Do you care about Kate Otten to the Bucks? I think so. Yeah, there's, still, there's still questions around Rob Gronkowski. They shipped out OJ Howard to Buffalo. Is Cameron Brait the answer if Gronkowski doesn't come back? I think there's a world where Aid gets some targets right now. Do it. Is this a guy I want to have in my tight end starting position? No. But if he starts to get some snaps, he starts to get some targets. He's a guy you might be able to move. He's definitely not a long term answer, I don't believe. Uh, in that organization, there's going to be so much turmoil in that organization once Brady leaves and Fournette's contracts up and Mike Evans is gone. Like, what does that team look like in a couple years from now? So I'm hesitant for anybody in that organization outside of, of this year and next year, really. So I, I think he's got some short term value this year. 
uh, that's pen, obviously pending Rob Gronkowski, but uh, outside of that, definitely not for me. The thing is, is Otten was a really exciting prospect in 20, during 2021 because he's a receiving, he was a blocker, he had almost adequate speed. You know, you're thinking, hey, this guy has got legs. I mean, he gets day two draft capital, shit like that. And unfortunately, he just, he, he didn't. And I, it, you're going to hear this a lot, but it doesn't matter because it's day two draft capital. Um, the point being is that he didn't, he wasn't able to test. So we don't know how athletic it is. And I just, I'm not going to spend a pick on an athletic, an unknown athleticism regardless. Like, honestly, I don't think there's a single tight end in this class I'm going to be drafting just because I, I, I just, I'm going to wait for who falls out of the draft and I'll take them and UDFA and put them on my taxi. And then I'll trade, I'll trade for someone if Trey McBride gets an opportunity because Zach Ertz is injured and Max Williams does Max Williams stuff. That's just, that's where I'm at. I, I, I want to like him. I like him because he's a UW guy, but that's literally it. And I want to talk about someone more excited anyways. It's Damian Pierce, 402. We knew Texans were going running back here. This is basically like the reincarnate of Michael Carter last year. Apparently, he's going as high as 105 and 10 teams rookie drafts. Dear God, don't fucking do that. I know this is a great opportunity, but he is easily replaced, so don't be dumb. Brad, Damian Pierce clearly matters here. How high does he matter for you? Well, if I think about it, right, uh, even in a super flex league, you've got at least four wide receivers at a minimum that you want over him, plus Brees Hall, plus Kenneth Walker. Um, maybe you have him as high as three. I doubt it. I would want James Cook over him still right now. So now he's at eight. Uh, that's if you don't want to take a shot at Desmond Ritter um, or Kenny Pickett. So now I'm looking at 10. So I, I'd still be looking at 110, 111 at the absolute earliest for him. Um, I, I don't want to go that high, but it kind of depends for me, right? So if I'm a quarterback, if I'm sitting at 111, and I'm a, a running back needy team, um, he's going to have value this year. I, I mean, yeah. he's going yeah. to, right? I, yeah. I don't see Marlon Mack and David Johnson keeping him off the field. This dude is oh, – this this guy reminds me of – and I know you guys hate – you and Eric hate when I do this, but he reminds me of Javonta Williams when I was watching Javonta Williams last year, right? He's that guy that just – he's a bruiser. He yeah. wants to hit you. He's physical in nature. Uh, we didn't really get to see him do a lot of pass catching or anything like that. So, you know, similar to, to, to that situation, but there's, there's nobody on that team that's going to keep him off the field. So if I'm yeah. sitting at one eleven and I'm RB needy, um, I'm willing to take a shot of him there. There's no way I'm pulling him at one Oh five. Like that is not, not a chance. I think that's categorically insane. And the reason is, is you're spending a 11, overall 11 pick 11 on a guy that is easily going to be replaced next year if needed. I, I, I can't, I, I hear you. If you need a running back there, just either take Rashad white, or if you don't want to do that, which I understand, I mean, there's questions about him as well, but just trade out and trade out for a middling wide running back that you can play for a year or two. I mean, fuck at this point, I'd rather have Melvin Gordon over Damian Pierce. Because at least we know Melvin Gordon's going to be a part of a really high-powered offense, and you can get Melvin Gordon like 210. I got Damian Pierce currently ranked at, 20, at pick, 20, pick 21 overall. That's uh, 109 or 209. And I just – the issue is, is I, I like the landing spot. I don't mind the talent, but I'm not going to 
in dynasty, I'm not going to rank someone that can be easily replaced next year above these guys that are going to have some sticking power. But I think it's fair though, because you know, like that brings up the conversation. Well, when do you start taking those shots on those guys that may only have a year, maybe two, if they're lucky compared to, you know, the Christian Watsons or the, um, Trey McBrides or the Desmond Ritters of the class, because you kind of have to find that threshold. And where do you have a cutoff where it's like, I think I'm willing to take a long term loss for a short term gain in your rookie drafts? Uh, no, I, I, no, I don't. I, I think it's how the draft is going. Um, you know, how many picks do I have? Do I have chances to take backs in the second round? Right. Maybe I don't have a second round pick. So I'm going to take a shot at who I think is the best guy, or I'm going to try to trade down or whatever the situation is. Right. But everybody, every draft is going to be different based on what picks you have, how the draft is going. Um, You know, you may be in a squad. I mean, I'm in a couple leagues where I'm, I'll be shocked if any of the quarterbacks go before pick seven. Like, I I mean, there is a lot of, a lot of talk around these guys getting picked towards the end of the first round. So that means you're looking at skill positions going off the large majority of the board uh, early on. So that's going to ultimately push some of these guys up that you would typically get at a 208 or a 209 right. up the board a little bit. Right. And that middle of the pack, when you think about it, when you look at Damian Pierce and Tyler Algiers, Amir White, Kyron Williams, Pierre Strong, Hassan Haskins, you have six guys there that really go in four, five, four and five rounds, four and five that have some amount of opportunity going to be available to them. Now, them going to have sticking power. Everybody's going to have their own opinion there. I personally think Damian Pierce has a little bit of sticking power, especially when you see Houston rolling out a third-round quarterback, and they're perfectly fine with that right now. So maybe that organization's moved and changed a little bit. Maybe they're saying, look, if this guy deserves a chance to play and he deserves snaps, we don't care where we drafted him. Right. And I don't think it's fair comparing him to James Robinson because James Robinson was undrafted. Right. That's a that's a different animal than a fourth round draft. Pick, Not right? really, so, especially power. a top of the fourth round. So. It's it's not that it's not that different in terms of like percentage of hits. It's minimal. You're talking about like 10, 10 percent, maybe. But I, mean, I hear yeah. you. Right. It's, it's, it's not an easy comparable because obviously but it comes down to the money invested in a player and. And I mean, you're you're gonna see people ranking Isaiah Spiller highly, or um, and Damian Pierce highly because of take lock, because these guys are running back four, running back three of the class, and they don't want to acknowledge that you have to drink guys they were less high on pre-draft, but that's why you have to take draft capital seriously because it leads to opportunities. But I mean, there is a world, you know. I I mean, I've got Damian Pierce twenty one. It's hard to move him above that right now, but there's a possibility that he could edge his way up a little bit. You know, I mean. It really depends how far Trey McBride falls, to be completely honest. I got it's funny, you know. I got you got you can you can drop guys drafted in the round in day two down however fucking far you want. Doesn't really matter. Like John Mechie have got dropped pretty low. But you can't raise guys in day four or day three and beyond. You just you can't do it because the 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 instability is too volatile to like make your ranks helpful. You can do it for yourself, but like if you're helping other people, you just it's an awful idea, and I strongly don't recommend. Um, moving on, Dan Bellinger went to the Giants. Uh, Dan Bellinger literally did nothing at San Diego State, but he is one athletic motherfucker. 
Yeah, Bradley, did you know who guy, he was? This guy was not even on my radar, dude. Yeah, my God. Like, I had to look him up. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Literally, so, the only reason I knew is because he had a RAS score above, like, nine and a half. Just absolutely fucking crazy. But, like, I, again, so, like if you're... So, they basically drafted Evan Ingram a few years later. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically. I mean, it, I, I imagine he's going to be a good blocking tight end. I'm pretty sure he's a pretty stout guy. But, like, there's a guy on your radar you can talk about and throw a dra- a little fab at after the draft because he's not going to get fucking drafted. And if he is, then be happy because that's their roster card or not yours. After, after that, we have two running backs back-to-pack, pick 17 and 18 in the fourth round. Zamir White went to Las Vegas. Bradley, you seem to be really excited about Zamir White pre-show why don't you let everyone in why that's the case yeah I mean this guy was my RB3 going into the draft I I thought for sure he was going to be a late second early third round pick he dropped into the middle of the fourth uh, Las Vegas who declined Josh Jacobs fifth year option which to me means they they're not looking to pay a running back right now right they're they're looking to move on from Josh Jacobs for better or for worse uh, and I think that opens the door for Zamir White. Maybe not this year, uh, but I think he there's some long-term staying power, I think, that is 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 possible for him because this dude is legit. This kid is a monster running back. And I know there's health concerns and physical issues with uh with his knee uh, and, and stuff like that, but he 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 was solid this year, and I'm, I'm excited for him. I was glad to see him land in a spot where he's going to get some opportunity. I obviously would have preferred a little bit earlier draft capital and, and, a, and a, a landing spot that wouldn't make him have to wait a year, uh, but that's not where we're at. So, I mean, he's one of those guys that's likely going to fall in my rankings because you're going to have to wait a year for him, but I'm still okay taking him in the you know 203, 204 range of, of a rookie draft. Yeah, I just I think we're gonna have different opinions here, which is fine. It's exciting, but I think we're gonna have different opinions here just because I I want Wandale Robinson and David Bell and Jahan Dodson and Desmond Ritter. I want all those guys over these guys because you're not wrong. Like the avenue is there, but you know what's a really good fucking running back class next year? It's 2023. Yeah. And so yeah. a fourth round running back has not got as much sticking power in any play class, but it's definitely knows it's got fucking sticking power next year. And that's not to say that maybe, you know, maybe the Raiders didn't want to pay Josh Jacobs $9 million a year. Maybe they want to give him a three-year extension and lower that cap hit because they're clearly a little squeezed after the Devontae Adams thing, right? Yep. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I think that's something definitely worthwhile. The next pick was Isaiah Spiller, which honestly, I was terrified of this drop for him. I, I asked a ton of people because I was like, I was trying to acquire Isaiah Spiller pre-draft because he was so there was people were so low on him, and apparently rightfully so. I was like, what's the likelihood that Isaiah Spiller doesn't get day to draft capital? And I was like, there's no way. You can't have those three years of production at SEC schools. And I know you weren't at that fast, but like there's no way that you can drop that far doing that at an SEC school for three years. And apparently you can because Isaiah Spiller didn't. He lands on the Chargers. And I'm curious because Austin Eckler. You know, he's signed through 2023, but they have an out after this year in 2022. You can cut him for four and a half, four point two five million dollars dead cap. And in 23, one and a half to million. Do I think Isaiah Spiller is going to push Austin Eckler out? Absolutely not. But Bradley, if you had to choose between Isaiah Spiller getting 
eight to 10 touches this year compared to Zamir White getting probably like four to six touches this year, but also the possibility of Zamir White maybe having a chance at a bigger role next year. Who do you prefer? Oh, I'd, this is tough because I, I would personally prefer Zamir White, but I think on my fantasy team, I'd probably take Spiller. Uh, and part of the reason for that, I think, is the landing spot and the fact that the L.A. Chargers are going to score a fuck ton. Let me rephrase that. A metric fuck ton of points this year. And when they do that, Isaiah Spiller may very well be the goal line guy. He may be the guy scoring a bunch of touchdowns. Maybe he only gets seven touches a game, but three of those come in the red zone. And those are highly valuable touches, highly valuable touches. So I think I'd uh, that's that pains me to say I'd probably prefer Isaiah Spiller in that if I was forced to make that decision, uh, mainly because I I do think they're going to be a better offense uh, and a better team overall with more scoring opportunity for him. Exactly. Which I mean, like the thing is, is that Spiller still got that name appeal more than any other running back, and he's going to be overdrafted because of that, unfortunately. Uh, I did some inform- I did some digging. I did some mathematics and nerd stuff. Uh, apparently, as people have told me, I've gathered and read and educated myself that the three running backs, Eckler, Roundtree, or not Eckler, uh, Kelly, Roundtree, and Jackson accounted for 176 touches a game. I feel you can give probably, if you can just, assuming Spiller gets 80% of that, which is probably hefty. That's eight touches a game. That's maybe bi-week flex material. That's sexy if he's got touchdown upside, but like we don't know. So we'll see. It's going to be really interesting. I am very curious for Isaiah Spiller's ADP is a week from now because, or a month from now, because it's, it's going to be all over the place as most of these round four running backs are because they are, insane uh Cade York got drafted by your Browns I'm fucking pumped about that even if that means Chase McLaughlin's out I don't fucking care Cade York's noise get it that's right this is a kicker show I'm pretty happy off I I thought you guys did great (laughs) hey how about that punter baby yeah oh I'm happy about that but we're gonna talk about it later uh Eric is easy e out of Texas Tech do you care I don't it's interesting I think it's, I feel like it's interesting. Um, you know, obviously they got Tyreek Hill. They've got Jalen Waddle. Uh, what they don't have is that big guy. And he's, he's a big guy, 6'2", 210. Um, you know, I think he's a guy who could possibly get that red zone kind of target, right? Uh, I think, you know, Mike Gasicki's going to soak up the majority of those, I feel like. But I think it's possible uh, am I taking him in the third round of a rookie draft? No. But if there's a fourth round and a fifth round rookie draft, like there is in a couple of my IDP leagues, there's a chance I might take a flyer on him in the fifth round. Because uh, I think there's, you know, what are, the Lynn Bowden experience has to be over, right? That, they yeah, can't be over. doing that experiment anymore, right? Is Preston Williams still a thing? Probably not, right? Not so, I, yeah, so I feel like this guy could feasibly be the wide receiver three and come in and in three wide receiver sets um i think it's possible i just like i said it's not a guy i'm willing in a standard three round rookie draft to take a shot on right now i full-heartedly get that uh and i mean at this point with these wide receivers 
unless it's an incredibly juicy, productive wide receiver, there's no reason to draft them, to be honest, because they're just going to sit on your fucking team or your taxi squad when it should be running backs and tight ends sitting there. After EZE, Pierre Strong went to fourth round draft capital, and then he got fucked by the Patriots. I don't even want to talk about this. I'm so fucking mad about this. I was so excited about Pierre Strong, man. I was like, yeah, cool. Fourth round. Oh, no. Bill fucking Dementia Belichick. Fuck. I don't know, man. Like, okay, Damian Harris is a free agent after next year. Ramondre Stevenson's there. JJ Taylor's there. James White is there. Kevin Harris is there. Pierre Strong Jr. is there. Okay, cool. Pierre Strong Jr. has size and speed and a small school guy, but I, you can't trust Patriots running back. So, I mean, you can take him. I, you you got to care a little bit, right? I, I like it because the guy had a large number of explosive touchdowns, like 50-yard-plus touchdowns. Um, that's not something that Ramondre Stevenson at his 4-7-1 or whatever the fuck he ran, which was like basically offensive lineman slow, um, him or Damian Harris aren't giving you that, right? And like you said, Damian Harris is likely probably out of the picture next year. Uh, so that gives way to Pierre Strong, who if you can give him 10 touches a game, he might break one of those. Um, you know, they're still looking for a pass catcher out of the backfield, right? I think Mac Jones would appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if Pierre Strong is going to turn into that. Um, but I, th- I think there's a world where I I kind of like him in the third round of rookie drafts right now. Um, I think he's a guy I might take a flyer on um, because of that explosiveness that he has. And he did get taken in the fourth round, which, I mean, I know we say that's not the great thing, right? We just talked about Damian Pierce being taken in the fourth round, Zamir White, Isaiah Spiller, and how, you know, that doesn't, that's not staying power. Uh, But hey, in fucking New England, first and second round draft capital isn't staying power either. Right. So, I mean, James White, I'm not sure when he was taken off the top of my head, but when you think about guys that have staying power, it's those guys that can show that they can be pass catching backs in that offense and give some explosive plays. And there's a chance he turns into that. So I'll take the flyer on him. I think it's very fair, honestly. Very, very, very fair. Next up is... I, I, there's nothing more to say, man. It's just upsetting. I want like fourth round draft capital is yeah. the best case fucking scenario for him. And then it goes to the worst case scenario team. Like you might as well be drafted the fucking Colts. I'm like, you're dead. Fuck. Also like maybe Damon Harris gets traded and reminder receivers and just isn't as good as we all think he is. Like he actually isn't. And maybe Pierre Strong's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just make the 53 Pierre. Get on as special teams and make the 53 and I'll fucking ride. Next up's Charlie Colaire fourth round of the Ravens. Um, the Ravens are always going to have a stable of tight ends. I think Charlie Kohler is a fourth year player, which sucks, but like his athleticism and production was in fucking sane at Iowa state, but you're dead behind Mark Andrews. He's like, Mark Andrews, yeah. is, 20, yeah. Mark Andrews is 26. So like, we'll see you in six years, Kohler. Maybe you're still there. Hopefully you got a new team. Uh, Jake Ferguson went to the Texas or to the uh, Colt or Colts fucking Cowboys. I could care less, Bradley. Zero interest. I, I still think that, I, yeah, I still think they signed Dalton Schultz in the grand scheme by the by the end of next season. I'm honestly surprised they haven't extended him, but like I get it. Uh, yeah. We got a punter yeah. to the Ravens. Thank you, Ravens. We always love you to grab out some punters. The last name is Stout, which is kind of sexy. Hopefully he's a little skinny dude. <laughs> uh, in surprise fashion, we knew that Tennessee was going to go 
running back eventually. And they went Hassan Haskins. Bradley, how are you feeling about that? I, I put him in my question, right? So I, I you know, how I kind of grouped these guys. I said winners, losers, and that question mark, right? Just a big guy, right? He kind of fits the mold of like that Derrick Henry size, right? He's not as big as Derrick Henry, obviously, but I feel like there might, you know, I mean, Derrick Henry's getting up there. We've been saying that for a number of years now at this point. Uh, but am I willing to say that he's going to get a chance to really be something for the Tennessee Titans? No, because I, and I really kind of lean on what you said earlier, right? He wasn't somebody I was highly like, wow, I really like this guy. I, you know, like a Zamir White uh, or a Tyler Algier or somebody like I wasn't like, mm, I really like this cat. If I felt differently about him, maybe. But next year, like you said, that running back class is huge. And I think Tennessee's just going to re reacclimate themselves with the running back class and end up taking somebody next year they're not going to be a good team this year I feel like I feel like they're going to be you know top 15 or earlier draft pick which puts them at the top end of that second round where some of those running backs may fall uh, or if they want to take one at 15 uh, you know because I think there's a chance you've got some higher touted running backs that are going in the first round next season so no this is not somebody I'm really looking at at face value, I got kind of excited about it because I was like, oh, my God, Derrick Henry's getting. And then I thought a little more about it, and I'm I'm just not feeling it. Beautiful. He is a grinder behind the grinder of all grinders. I really wanted like a Jerome Floor type guy here where like, oh, my God, if like a Dar- Darrington Evans clone, right? And Hassan Haskins just isn't that. Yep. So boring. Uh, Romeo, <laughs> Romeo Dubes, I love this spot. I want you to talk about him first because I'm going to talk him way the fuck up. Uh, so I just don't care. I mean, the wide receivers outside of Devonte Adams over the years have given you, you know, hit game here, zero game here, hit game here, zero game here. It's not somebody that you've ever wanted to roster on your fantasy team. Uh, with them taking Christian Watson, the second pick of the second round, I feel like that's the guy. Um, I understand the underperformance of Amari Rogers last year, but I think there's a world where he ends up getting a, a little more target this year, uh, a little more playing time this year. I just don't think this guy's going to be able to get enough targets to be worth anything, to be honest. I think A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones are going to eat up a ton of targets. I think Christian Watson's going to get peppered, and Amari Rogers is going to get more than what we may expect. So uh, I just it's not somebody I'm interested in right now. Conversely, if you want to take a shot on a Green Bay wide receiver, this is the guy to take a shot on. I, I understand Romeo Dubes isn't the fastest guy. I understand that I just talked about how dumb it is to be hyping up these fourth round guys. But I, I honestly think Romeo Dubes has a little leg to him and a little drive to him. I, I, you know, he is out of Nevada, Carson Strong's main squeeze. They're all sorts of fun together, having great time. He had 2000 yard seasons. He has a receiving yards per team pass attempt career average of 1.8. He's had above two the last two years. You know, he's got good size. He's 6'1", 201 pounds. He didn't test athletically, probably because he's not that fast, unfortunately. I just think he is a solid veteran that is going to kind of give you that chain mover mold. You know, I think it's very likely you see Dubes and Lazard and Watson and 
in the Packers 11 personnel sets. And I just think that Dubes is more honed in and ready to be a, he's more pro ready than Christian Watson is. And so he's going to get the first shot at opportunity. None of that matters. Like you said, because you can literally look the wrong way or bring the wrong way. And all of a sudden the world's gone because Karen Rogers, which that's beautiful. K A A Ron. Karen Rogers is going to throw a hissy fit and make it all about him, all about him and say, go fuck off. I just, I, I find it funny that I find it funny that I, I, that's not mine. That's from Michael. Michael, I I'm stealing that. That was beautiful. But like, I find it very funny that Rogers is like, I would like a quarterback or running wide receiver. Like, yo, let me get you like this four year project. And also the super old dude out of a, the mountain West school. Enjoy baby. Thank you so much. But I think there's something there for him and you can get him late. I mean, he's, he's probably a late third guy, someone like that. Um, Bailey Zappi went before Sam Howell to the Patriots. Should I feel any sort of anything out of this? No, I took a victory lap and then I was like, oh, wait, Mac Jones. Because uh, I, I was very high on Bailey Zapp. Um, I I mean, how do you not pay attention to somebody who throws almost 6,000 yards uh, and, and literally – just dominates high level, you know, competition, right? Michigan State and some of the other, I think Texas A&M was the other team that they had played, Western Kentucky. Um, those are, I mean, he played very well against that top level competition that he got the opportunity to. Uh, so I had him ranked at number, I think number six quarterback is where I had him. Um, and I, he came off as, did he come off number five? Yeah. He came off as a fifth quarterback, so I wasn't high enough, apparently. So when I saw the name, I was so excited for him. And then – You came off at five. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Five. So I, I had him at six. He came off as a fifth, um, and I thought I was high on him. Um, but, I mean, there's nothing to be excited about for him. I, I think there's a real chance that this guy ends up in, like, the Matt Castle – uh, Jimmy Garoppolo type of situation, right? He's sitting behind Mac Jones for a couple years and Bill Belichick does a really good job of talking about how great he is in practice and everybody is, you know, starts to try to come and get him from them, right? Very similar. I mean, the Patriots are really good at talking up their shitty backup quarterbacks, right? And that could be a world that Zap lands in right two years from now people may be trying to get him uh because he he he's solid I, I think he he can be an NFL backup quarterback he can spot start for guys uh maybe he gets to be a bridge quarterback at some point uh but it's hard to get excited about a guy like that so am I drafting him in my rookie drafts no not not a chance so Thank God he said that. So I was going to say, can you see how many fingers I'm holding up with your rose colored glasses? My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're, he, um, he was the fifth quarterback drafted overall. That is what I have to say about him. Because <laughs> yep. he's uh, just like Calvin Austin. Like, I was surprised he went this way. He's a fast, small dude that I thought for sure would be taken higher. And he went to Pittsburgh, which was fun. But like, um, who, who was it? Oh, there's that wide receiver by Pittsburgh that was fuck. I forget his name, but he's basically Calvin Austin Jr. or Calvin Austin the third. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Um, that's on the roster now. I think a year or two ago, he's a punt return, kick return specialist. Uh, he's got a really cool name. It's like Mick or Mid or oh, I forget oh, wow. it. 
I, yeah, I I'm know. sorry, but there's a it's basically his clone, small, fast receiving guy, not going to do much for fantasy. Do you disagree? No, and I mean, if you think about what they have on the roster now, right? You got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and early in the second round they took George Pickens. So I George. mean, this guy at, at, is at best is the fourth run, the fourth wide receiver on a team that's got, also got Pat Fryermuth and also has Najee Harris. I'm not excited about this. I think he, while he has a totally different build as Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool is their field stretcher right now, right? He's got speed. Yeah. Now he's not four three two speed, but he's he's a fast guy. And I mean, like I said, his build is totally different. But I don't see Calvin Austin taking the deep ball away from from Chase Claypool. Um, so I, it's it's hard to be excited about this guy. Yes. Honestly, just yes. Uh, just like Isaiah Likely. You know how we talked about Charlie Kohler going to the, to the Ravens? Well, Isaiah Likely yeah. is slower, less efficient. He ran a 488, which is just, I mean, I feel very strongly I could rival that and get like two tens of a second away from that, which is not what you want. And he went to the Ravens. So who the fuck cares? Yep. This is not like a yeah. Mark Andrews situation, Hayden Hurst. It's he's DED. So sorry yep. that you didn't get it. Just, I, I mean, I, what is it? What is it? With the why are the Ravens spending two picks on tight ends? What are they, they love doing? running the ball and they need bodies I, to run. They love those heavy sets just, because I, I don't yeah, know why I, they love them, but they love the heavy sets. Yeah, like maybe goodness. they don't want to pay Mark Andrews extension or they're, or they're just trying to find a maybe an out and get lucky. I don't know. I it's well, he very already got paid, sure. didn't he? Didn't he already get a contract? He's already probably, got a contract. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to spitball dumb shit out nah. there. Um <laughs> Maryland's tight end. Sh- I don't know how to say your first name. I'm so sorry. I will learn. Yeah. It. Uh, you went to Tennessee. I don't find you. I don't find him relevant. Bradley, are you feeling different? I mean, their offensive coordinator is a tight ends coach. I mean, that's where he came up. They, I mean, Anthony Ferkser. No, I'm oh, trying to come up with oh, some reason to be excited about him, but I, it just doesn't. No, I'm trying to find his rad score because I don't even know how to spell his name. I, I have to copy and paste his name because I cannot spell it. It's yeah. and that's that's oh, my yeah. fault. But a, a conical, conical. He con- ran a four five, conical. so that's fun. I mean, at least he's fast. Uh, yeah. conical. He has a six four seven ras. So uh, you're six. Yeah. He's six two. 238, yeah, never mind. I don't care. You don't have the size or the speed or anything else, but like running a four or five two. Adios, motherfucker. Uh rats round four, which is really exciting. I'm just running through these so we can talk about the fun shit, to be honest. Um, yeah, Sam right. Howell finally went to the commanders. Um, I have a long little bit about this, but before I do that, Bradley, do you have any feels about Sam Howell to the commanders? I've got him in my questionable. I don't. I don't think it's a loser per se. I understand he was a fifth round pick. I get that draft capital. Carson Wentz has not been able to find a home, right? Even after a really, he had an okay year at Indianapolis. He was not bad, except for those last two games. He was a serviceable quarterback. They could have been in much worse situations without Carson Wentz, and they dropped him. They changed him like dirty fucking underwear. Um, and I can see Washington doing a very similar situation. And look, Sam Howell 
was a he was good his the last couple years when he had Michael Carter and when he had Javonta Williams and Daz Newsome and Deami Brown and an offensive line that could block for him. And now this year he loses all four of those and his offensive line. I feel bad for the guy because he could have been a first round draft pick had he been able to come out last year. Um, and it just now it, it's a fall from grace and I don't think it's his fault really. So I think I there's a world where they see enough from him that he ends up being the starter after this year. So he's a guy I'm definitely willing to take a shot on somewhere in the, the mid to late second. I got I'm, I'm saying that off the top of my head right now, but I have to think about uh, all the other guys that I'd take ahead of him. But I, I mean, I don't think he he's draftable in my opinion. Still, he's definitely draftable. That's there's no arguments there. I probably would take him in the fourth, to be honest. Um, and here's why. I got pissed off, which is usually when I do my best work, because people are saying that Sam Howell is worth dumb shit. And there, since 2012, there's been 42 quarterbacks, not including Bailey Zappi and Skylar Thompson and Sam Howell, drafted in rounds four, five, six, or five, six, and seven. Uh, out of those 42 quarterbacks, 16% of them started a game. So we're already fucked because you get 16%. That's seven quarterbacks. Out of those 42 and those seven that started two played more than four games. Gardner Minshew being the only one that has played more than six games, I want to say off the top of my head. That's 5%. So you have a 5% chance of, of Sam Howell returning value. And to be fair, this is not a to bad spot. You know, like – that you made very good points. Carson Wentz is butt cheeks. He's burnt asshole and his longevity isn't there. I just think, you know, he's definitely worth a spot, but if the NFL tells you you're a fifth round quarterback, I don't really care your opportunity. You suck. So I just, I, I, this is why I fucking hate wider quarterbacks and, uh, and, and trying to scout them and give analysts because who the fuck knows? Who would have thought this year that Sam Howell with no cast goes fifth fucking round and Malik Willis goes in the third? Like, what the fuck? Yep. But he does. So I, it's just a waste of my time until the draft comes. I'm just not even going to fucking do it next year. To say, just take Stroud and Young and I'll just do the rest <laughs> later. I don't fucking care. Um, uh. Khalil Shakir went to Buffalo. Is Gabe Davis fucked? I know you like Gabe Davis. No, I think this is zero effect to Gabe Davis. Uh, even Jamison Crowder, I think, keeps him off the field. I, I no, I'm not concerned at all. It's too bad because Khalil Shakir is like a mega discounted Sky Moore, but he just got buried. And the nice thing is, and the fun thing is, is that. You can stash him because Buffalo's got a very unique way of sort of getting those wide receivers that Cleo Shakir is good at, which is shifty, separator, speedy type, sort of speedy type of guy, and utilizing them. Like, they always have a need for them. And so, so – Sorry, like a quick question around him. Yeah. Is his lack of production because of the quarterback play then? Because, I, I mean, just if you stat sheet kind of scout him, it's kind of underwhelming. 
It's very right, underwhelming when you, he, when you look at it. So when you talk about a guy who can season. separate, yeah. When you talk about a guy who can separate, a guy who's got speed, and yet you you get and he plays in the Mountain West, yeah. You would think he'd be dominating, and yeah, yeah. that was not the case. So I, I like that fifth round fall from grace. I think people yeah. kind of put those those puzzle pieces together. But is it because of the quarterback play, or is it because maybe he's not? That his great. his production profile is good. He had a uh, second year breakout from college, a high dominator high of forty six point five. He had a receiving yard market share of twenty three point four, but that's only because he had four and a half of the percent of the receiving yards his freshman year. Uh, sophomore through senior, he had twenty three percent, forty two percent, and thirty five percent. I think that twenty twenty year kind of killed him. Honestly, seven yep. games, he had seven hundred nineteen yards. He was on pace for another thousand yard season. I think if he would have had, if he had played a full tell, well, he could have maybe came out last year, but he didn't. Yeah. And so you just sort of kind of got to ride through that. You know, I mean, he isn't a bad player, but fifth round draft capital is just awful. And you can't draft yeah. him in your rookie drafts. You, I, you have my permission because I'm just going to be fucking Tyler Carp and tell you what to, you can and cannot do because I kind of like that. You have my permission to take him and put him on your, on your taxi, but you're not going to spend a fucking draft pick on him. I'm going to ban you from this show. I'll fucking find you and ban you from the show if you do that. <laughs> so help me God. I won't fucking do when, it. When you figure out how to ban people from listening to your pod, <laughs> let me know. Hey, man, Elon's <laughs> taking over Twitter. Shit's about to get well. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, next guy up was Cole Turner out of Nevada. Tight end. Dev Washington football commanders. Um, I don't know, man. Like I didn't know no. about him. I don't, sorry. Uh, yep. Another one of those guys. It's like, uh, I mean, how does, so here's a question. We've talked about two tight ends. I, I will admit, I didn't even know who they were until you, you know, they got drafted. How did they go above Watermeyer? Because Watermeyer was over embellished by the draft community. Like, Cause he was a Debbie darling and people just couldn't get that out of their minds. Watermeyer is awful. Yeah. He tested poorly. He never did anything fantastic at Texas A&M. Like he was good, yeah. but he wasn't like continually getting better. And so he just, I, there was a reason Watermeyer got on, went undrafted. It's just because he is probably as slow as Rich Eisen. If you put him in, if you put him, if you put him in a race, th- that's the fucking podcast show. Oh, oh I don't know how I to make it. that succinct, but Jalen Watermeyer and Rich Eisen's 40. I love it. Oh, maybe or like it, it. Wattemeyer or Rich Eisen's 40 question mark. I don't know. Anyways, that's what it is. And I want to talk about more fun players. Tyler Algier went to fucking Atlanta, man. Finally, Atlanta takes a wide a running back that isn't a UDFA. They took a linebacker running back convert. How are you feeling about this? That room is wide the fuck open. I imagine if you like Samir yep. White and Isaiah Spiller, you gotta love Tyler Algier. Yep. Yeah, it's this is a guy I think you definitely take a take a shot at right this is a guy i think is going to get uh plenty of opportunity this season i mean mike davis is not keeping him off the field cordero patterson doesn't always play running back and i don't even know that like who the other running backs are in that room right now uh off the top patterson of my head. and mike right. davis and right outside of those two that's is it? that that's Edo? what i'm saying right so you get I, so you got Mike Davis, who, like I said, is not going to keep him off the field. Uh, Cordero Patterson doesn't always play the running back position. So the, I think this kid's going to come in and there's a world where he turns into like a, um, 
not a, a player comparison, but like a situation, Chris Carson, right? He six round draft pick comes into camp, shows out and gets all the opportunity after that. So I think there's a world where Tyler Argier comes in and does a similar thing comes in. They say, look, Mike Davis ain't the answer. Cordero, we're still going to use you in, in the trick play and up in the red zone and that kind of thing. But between the twenties, maybe Tyler Argier is our guy. Um, now gotta be that excited about him. capture upside a, li- a little bit, but I-, I think he's definitely somebody that out of the, where people went, the landing spot, like this is where you hoped Brees Hall went. Yeah. You didn't want Brees Hall to go to the Jets where now he has to worry about Michael Carter cutting into a little worried. bit of that timeshare. In right? quotation oh, marks. Right. I'm not worried. I know. I, I hear you. I am. You wanted that word chorus back, and that yes, is the, what Atlanta the upside was. upside is now capped yep. for him, yep. right? Whereas had he gone to Atlanta, the upside is everything that you wish it was, right? So – uh, I like the landing spot. I'm excited about it. I just, eh, yeah, we'll see, right? We'll I hear see you. Long term. The, the issue for him is that he has a receiving yard market share of 7.7%. Get an 8.72 t- target share at, boy, at BYU his second year, which is good. That's, that's, that's encouraging, but he just it wasn't really involved through yards. So he's not going to be a receiver there. Which again, like who the hell cares? We're in the fifth fucking round. You're gonna be, he's a third round draft pick in your rookie drafts. Take him, be happy, and just know that he's not going to give you a tremendous upside or floor because he won't be a uh, receiving back. Next guy was just, or Snoop Connor went to Jacksonville. Do I care about that, Bradley? Tell me how to feel. Zero. Zero care, zero fucks given. I, um, I, I realize they've got two running backs coming off of injury. Um, and there's a, I mean, if you think I'll take right call arms, yeah, like, I I mean, there's a world where he gets a chance, just like if there was a world that James Robinson got a chance, I'm just not willing to take it. I'm going to pass on him 10 times out of 10. Um, and there's nothing that anybody can do or say about it. I 100% agree. I NFL, the NFL draft tracker isn't even loading his player page right now because that's how much he is irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you want. So first of all, I'm just going to say this, probably going to mute himself. He's dying. If you want a running back for the Jacksonville, the first six weeks, eight weeks of the season, go get yourself right. Cole Armstead. He is going to take the load and probably share it with, with Travis Etienne, who is a good fucking player, but James Robinson is not coming back this season. His full self, which is an issue. You know what James Robinson was lacking? was athleticism and power. He was making up with his on-field vision and his ability to be a grinder. You know what Achilles tears takes away? Your motherfucking power. You just explosiveness. You just take you you fucking take a four-wheeler and you take off three wheels and you say, go push the same distance. You're literally on a stroller <laughs> with no wheels pushing through fucking wet concrete. That is what James Robinson is. Get the fuck oh. out of my face. I don't give a shit. He is not relevant anymore, and it's sad because I really liked him, but he's not. And I'm just as angry. Jerome Ford to the fucking Browns, Brad. Why does your team have to do this to me? Why? I th- well, I think because they're looking a year ahead, right? And they're not going to spend a high draft pick on a run back next year. They're likely not re-signing Kareem Hunt, who's <laughs> who's due to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Nick Chubb has proven over the years that he he's typically not healthy for 16, now 17 games. So they look for a guy who has a skill set that is going to run the ball. And I think Jerome Ford is that guy. And I think he's going to be their backup running back starting next year. 
Um, so there is a world where he gets some touches because they do like to split the load a little bit. Um, I think some of that has to do with the fact that Kareem Hunt is an, an excellent pass catcher. Um, but I, I do think he's got some appeal as a backup. And, and quite frankly, he's that guy that I'm looking at as like an Alexander Madison. Right. I think he is a high value handcuff come the 2023 season. Honestly, you kind of convinced me just a little bit there that I can withhold. I mean, you're, you're right. It just sucks. Jerome Ford is a, has bell cow size, is a good receiver, is a good runner. He's a little older, which is whatever. But, you know, and like the NFL.com isn't wrong. They literally added him for insurance because their next best running back was Dearness Johnson. And while he looked great, who they who they tag or not yeah, tag, they tender. They they're tendered. Who looked great? To yeah. be fair, he looks fantastic. But you do not want to lean on him in case Chubb and Hunt get injured again. You just can't do it. Yep. You, so well, that's and that's it, where and he's from. gone next year also. Yeah. So I I, so I mean Jerome Ford is gone. So it, we're going to talk about value at the at the later in the show. But Jerome Ford is someone that I am very excited about because you can get him very late. And just stash his ass on your taxi squad and laugh and smile and hope that the Browns don't fuck him over next year, which honestly they probably will, but whatever. Um, Montreal, Washington. Have you ever heard of him? No, nope. not a Samford. I don't fucking care. Uh, I, I, there are very few wide receivers I've never heard of players. Honestly, Montreal, Washington is one of them. Um, I'm going to leave it there. Kyle Phillips goes to Tennessee and I'm kind of here for it, baby. UCLA fifth year player. He is a scrappy little motherfucker. All of those draft euphemisms you use about like white slot corner dudes. That's what Kyle Phillips is. Um, and what better place to land than Tennessee? Chester Rogers, Nick Akeen and a broken old Robert Woods. There's opportunity there, baby. There's opportunity there. Yeah, I think he'll end up being their wide receiver three. You know, Traylon Burks will be one. Robert Woods will be the two. I think Kyle Phillips is going to get some immediate work out of the slot when Robert Woods is not filling this slot, right? That's when he's going to come off the field is, you know, Robert Woods moves all over the place, right? Or at least that's that was his his skill set when he was in, in L.A. So, you know, this is a guy who played really well and showed really well at the Senior Bowl um, on one-on-one drills, He was which are not – they, they put corners in a bad situation. I get it, but he looked really good at the senior bowl. And I think he's going to get plenty of play with the Tennessee Titans this year. So he's definitely a guy I'm targeting late in rookie drafts. I found it. I found the reason why Kyron Williams went to the Rams. Do you know who is a free agent next year? Uh, likely Darrell Henderson. It is Darrell Henderson. Do you know what Kyron Williams excels at? Pass catching and pass blocking. There is the reason I was curious why it isn't about cam makers. We're still alive. It's about Darrell Henderson not being tender next year, um, which we all kind of know, but I mean, um, Karen, Kyron, I mean, what is his value? Cause I'm obviously very low on him because he's just anti-analytics, but like, what does he offer to your fantasy football team other than maybe being a, change of pace back and receiving down back sometimes for the Rams in 2023. JD McKissick. That, I mean, that's, that's essentially the role he's going to fill, right? Naeem Hines, right? Those guys gave you top, they gave you high level RB two production in a couple seasons. 
Um, that's that's kind of what I'm looking at, right? As a guy who's going to come in, he's going to get pass catching work. Um, he's got some explosiveness to him. Uh, I, quick, short area explosiveness, I'll say, right? Not he's not fast. Uh, so. Yeah, but I, I do think that he's going to be that guy. That's that's kind of where I'm targeting him. Uh, I think he's a late-round flyer, right? He's not a guy I'm looking to take in the early second round or anything like that. Uh, you know, maybe at the second, third turn or early third is is where I'd be looking to try to take him. But I think he's got PPR upside, and I think people are going to allow you to get him that late because Darrell Henderson's still on. And they may not recognize that he's not going to be on the roster next season. So uh, I, I'm I kind of low-key like this landing spot because we still don't really know what Cam Akers is. You're right. We, we don't. Hope we, we hope we know what Cam Akers is. We want to but project we really what he don't. is, so we don't know. Yeah. But I mean, so I, I mean, this is a this is one of those guys. This is Antonio Gibson esque type situation. A guy you take in the third round Good of God, a rookie no. draft that may. No, I'm saying a guy that you're getting not. I, mm, mm. Again, I'm value wise. I'm, I'm not you. saying player comparison. Value wise, a guy you're you. taking. Yeah, you. a guy you're taking in the third round that could be a top eighteen running back by the end of the yeah. season because of the PPR. You know, outside. his best comparable and player profiler is James White. And we all know what James White was able to do. Yep. And you're not like, he I is said James White. Why did I say JD McKissick? Well, cause I think McKissick's a, a more relevant, uh, a more recent example. Cause James White lost yeah. an entire year because of injury. So it's, it makes sense, but Kyron Williams, he's not going to be able to, if you're, if he is, if the lead back falls and Acres is injured again, then dear God, please know, Kyron Williams is not going to be able to handle the workhorse load, which lowers him. Right. But he is going to be a third down back, and that is valuable for a ton of different reasons, but mostly as a pass catcher. So he is, he is not off my draft board as he was pre-draft. He's back on. He's just a late, late, late fourth and or fifth. Whatever your last round is, your rookie draft is, assuming he's not a third. That is when you draft Kyron Williams. Yep. I'm comfortable with that. Ty Chandler went to the Minnesota Vikings. This gives me feels of Kenny Nwangu. Why do they like to take guys that are fast and non-prolific in college? Yeah, zero fucks given. Zero fucks it's given. It's a stupid Sorry, decision. And, and the weird thing is, is it's even a coaching, a regime change. Like, what are y'all doing? What, what are you doing? Can't teach an old but, dog new tricks. No, uh, here's not. a fun name for tight end. Tegan Quitoriano. A tight end for the Texans. I feel like that is all we need to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like frantically looking for his name. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Um, I guess that's mean. Let's see. I, I, there's literally nothing to say. I don't even. I'm not even going to look up his metrics. I don't care. I don't care. If he's good, I'll pick for him later. James Mitchell. Yep. The Virginia tight end that lot that was injured and gave Johnny Woods his opportunity went to the uh, the Lions. How is that? I mean, is there a chance that TJ Hawkinson just doesn't get resigned next year? No, or whenever he's up, I think in next year. I, I, no, I mean, well, I mean, they've got it. So this will be his third year. Um, so he's got at least one more year, fourth plus a fifth year option. Uh, if they, if they decide to pick that up, which I don't understand how they wouldn't, uh, I, I just, he, if he does, it's 
three years down the road if they yeah. don't pick up the fifth year option. So, yes. Uh, next guy up is where are you? Um, Kevin Harris. Again, a fun. Yeah, big we're back. in the sixth now. We're right? in the sixth we now. A sixth. fun big yeah. back yeah. that is exciting. And then goes the fucking Patriots. Oh my God. It's just like dementia oh, bill out here ruining squad player. dreams, bro. Ruining fucking dreams. Yep. He's That's probably going to get cut, player. and you almost want him to be cut just so we can go to a different fucking situation. But like, so we know his medicals didn't check out. That's what we know here. Yep. And the sixth yeah, medicals exactly. didn't check out. So he's kind of just non existent for us. Yep. Jalen Naylor went to Minnesota. I frantically looked at Jalen Rager's profile. Jalen Naylor's profile. He has under 1,500 total receiving yards in his career, and he played at Michigan State for four years. I'm not going past that. I don't care. How again? And we talked about this right pre-show. How do you not take a shot at Justin Ross there? If you're looking for a wide receiver. Go Justin Ross there. Why would you take a guy who has less rookie yard or less receiving yards in four years than what Justin Ross had his freshman season? What are you like? What are you doing there? And I realize there's a lot of medical things going on with Justin Ross, and they probably didn't check out. But like, just go for it, man. Look at Miles Jack. Even right? if Look they, at all the concerns that Miles Jack had coming out. And yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't Even know. Even if they checked out, I think people are too scared. It's, the NFL is very hive mind thinking. And they're like, we don't know if this guy can be durable. We're not going to guarantee our pay. Let's just bring him as a UDFA. Like that's what it is. And it's unfortunate because he's very fun. He's very fun. Yep. Um, Jalen Naylor is not fun though, as you could tell. Andrew Ogletree tied out of Youngston, went to the Colts. This is just this makes me more and more sad for um Kylan Granson. It's more and more sad. So, but I don't care. So, they they run four tight end sets. I don't give a shit about him. Yeah. I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I don't care, but I do want to shout out, right? So I live about 20 minutes south of Youngstown. Um, I got to see this guy play a couple times. I, it's cool right? You don't see a lot of this, right? The last guy that from Youngstown area uh, that I know of that got drafted was Lynn Bowden, but he obviously he played at the University of Kentucky and got drafted, um, but he was from Youngstown. He just didn't play there. This is a kid that played at Youngstown State, so it's it's cool. It's it's a am happy for him, but I'm not drafting you on my fantasy team, man. I'm sorry. And that's literally where that ends. Yes. Literally. Tyler Beatty. I love Tyler Beatty. Yeah. No. And that's just for, for Youngstown. I love Tyler Beatty and I was so excited. And now I'm just so, so, so sad. So sad. (laughs) I'm just so sad. Because like, I, yes, I know he's a fourth round. He's a fourth year running back that just dropped massive dick his senior year. I get that. And I know that he's undersized and he ran fast and he had all these things. I mean, the, the silver line here is that the Ravens, two starting running backs, Dobbins and Edwards, are both tore their ACL, and they both theoretically could be on the pup coming into next year. So there is a possibility that maybe Tyler Batty's forced into, into a role that they weren't anticipated to hit with him a lot. 
I just I don't think that's real realistic Did, or likely. Didn't they take another running back though? I don't think so. I thought they took a running back earlier. I don't. I think this is the first running back for him. Maybe I'll it look, was another tight end. I don't want the fucking Cardinals. I want the Baltimore Ravens. No, not the fucking Falcons. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm thinking of the fact that they took two tight ends, not two mm. running backs. They just took a fuckload of defensive people. Like yeah. a large majority of their picks are defensive. I can't. Yeah. I, they're they drafted two out of their minds. They drafted yeah. out of their minds. They were on fucking fire to this to today this week this year on fire Tyler Batty's uh I have to look up Gus Edwards contract I'm gonna do that right now but I think he's worth a speculative ad I just don't know if you could probably get him after rookie draft to be honest uh Edwards is signed through 23 with a dead cap hit of 2.5 this year and 1.25 next year theoretically Batty could beat him out I don't know if he's talented enough to do that, to be completely honest with you, maybe if maybe he is Gus Edwards, 27. So like there's an avenue there, right? ACL old guy, not really able to come back as quickly. I'm not going to bet on it, but I do like Tyler Beatty and I will be rostering him when given the opportunity. Uh, Do you have anything to say about that, Brad? Nope. No, I'm not spending a roster spot on him or a taxi squad spot on him. Uh, The Ravens are obsessed with Gus Edwards. I, I and he's only tw- he's I, he's only 27 years old. I think they're gonna continue to kind of use that 1.5 million dollars ain't shit mm-hmm. uh, for an NFL roster, especially with a guy that you're comfortable with, that you've seen, that you like. Uh, I just it's hard to be even remotely excited for him right now. Yeah, 100. Uh, Grant Calcaterra went to SMU and he is now an Eagle. And Grant Calcaterra, if you guys don't know, real fun guy. Um, the issue was his concussions. They held him out of college for a while. He came back. And so there's not a lot to talk about with him. He was fun back in the day, but he's old and he's now dead as an eagle. Maybe he can beat out Tyree Jackson. I don't know. I mean, like, fuck. I'm going to talk about Keontae Ingram, honestly. Like, Keontae Ingram finally fucking went, and he went to a grand fucking opportunity space in Arizona. I think Keontae Ingram is better than Eno Benjamin right now. And I would be very happy taking Keontae Ingram. I will need to see where I have him currently ranked right now, but I Mm. probably would take him first half of the third very happily. It's horrible draft capital. But if he gets – if he's able to beat out – if he is able to beat out, um, you know, Benjamin, I think there's a role in there for him because James Conner is not the biggest ideal thing of health. I've got him just behind Tyrion Davis price and just ahead of another running back we're about to talk about. Yeah. I, I, there's definitely a chance, right? When you talk about sure. the health of James Conner and, you know, Benjamin, um, really not ever being able to get to the field because they had Chase Edmonds and traded for Kenyon Drake and then turned around and traded for James or signed James Connor. Like they clearly don't like anything about Eno Benjamin. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's almost a given that this guy's going to beat out Eno Benjamin, which means there probably is a path to touches because 
James Conner is going to miss some time, right? We, we just know that it's kind of a given. I think he did prove a lot of doubters wrong last year with his ability to stay healthy for a large majority of the season. Um, but I, I struggle with guys who have one year of production. Now, I know he, you know, sat at Texas for three years and then came to USC and play. And I, I get that. Um, I just, I've never, I've had an affinity to stay away from guys who have one year of production. Um, so I, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't know if I'd take the shot on it because that's my preference uh, to stay away from. I hear it. And after Keonta Ingram, it's literally tight ends and running backs. We're never going to hear of, I don't, there's not one that I think is interesting or has legs to them. Uh, there's Coquelet. Cleft? Cleft, which is a fantastic name, but I don't care. I I just, I don't, I, I don't, if we're running long and I don't really want to talk about them because I don't think they're going to be relevant. If they are, then you guys can come back here and just tell me I'm wrong. I'll eat it. I'm fine with that. I want to talk about Bradley. Who do you think? We know that Isaiah Spillers, Amir Whites, all of them, I for, I miss Isaiah Pacheco. I don't know how, but I miss Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco went drafted to, who was it? Um, where did he go? He went to, I can't believe it. I don't want to, I, I like this branding spot too. He went to Brit, Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco went to Kansas City. Um, Isaiah Pacheco's got size. He's got speed. He's just not really prolific because Rutgers, and you can't hold that against him. But he is someone that you absolutely need to be drafting late in your drafts just because Clyde's butthole. Darrell Williams is on a one-year tender, and McKinnon is old. And so there is plenty of opportunity in that offense moving forward. I almost wonder if the Chiefs are, like, taking a year off. You know what I mean? I fully understand You know what? We're not expecting to make the playoffs, but we don't want to rebuild. So we're going to move Tyreek Hill. We're going to get it first. We're going to bring in Ronald Jones to kind of help us through this shit show that we've got going on um, and go from there. The, you know, they bring in Sky Moore in the back end of the second, um, you know, Travis Kelsey's 31. I like, I just don't know that I want anything to do with Kansas city, quite frankly, to be this, you know, this year. Um, so then you think about, okay, well, what does that backfield look like next year? Um, do they take a high running back or do they deal with Ronald Jones, uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde, you know, CEH. I just, it's a muddled backfield. I don't, I've never been a fan of their backfield for whatever reason. And I get it. You know, there's somebody that's going to produce. I just stay away from it because it's kind of like the new England Patriots to me. Like Clyde was a waste of a one Oh one. And one of my leagues, I saw somebody take him one Oh one. Right. Yeah. So I, I, you know, you've got a guy in Isaiah Pacheco who's fast. Um, He's, pretty explosive he's got some splash plays if you watch his film um so he could he could burst onto the scene a little bit to to be quite frank so i think he's a guy like you said should definitely probably take some uh you should take a shot on maybe maybe if you have a fourth or a fifth round rookie draft maybe not in the third 
Yeah, he's sort of he's sort of the guy where like he's not going to get drafted in your rookie drafts, so you yeah. can just kind of he's like Javian Hawkins last year. You can kind of hinge that he's not going to get drafted, and just grab him for real cheap. I I would be grabbing him though and stashing him. I know that your taxes are limited, but he's definitely someone I would be taking a shot on. Um, so that wraps up the draft. So thank you so much for being here and listening. It's seven thirty-five, so I think we're running on hour fifteen. It's not a big deal, honestly. I'm not. I'm over it. Um, but what I am and do want to mention is some UDFAs. Tyler Goodson goes to Green Bay. I don't know how he does undrafted. As a Quandre Wright goes to Buffalo or some shit like that. I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot of great UDFAs in this class that are really intriguing, other than Tyler Goodson, just because I was surprised Tyler Goodson went there. For you, Brad, I don't. I know the four. The fourth round running backs are high value. You get that. But who in the fifth running back, wide receiver, a tight end, if you're feeling sexy, who are you most excited about in rounds five, six, and seven? In five, six, and seven. Yeah, um, so it's like Shakir and all go that. With, I'm taking the easy one. I'm going to go Kyron Williams. He, he's okay. the guy, I think, at, uh, let's see, where'd he go? Five. The 21st pick in the fifth round. Um, he's the guy that I think has some serious fucking potential. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you think pre-draft from, and I know none of us are like expert scouts in the fantasy industry. I, I get that. Right. But I mean, there are guys who had him three, four uh, ranking in their, in their, uh, you know, running back rankings God help them. pre pre combine. And then they saw him run slow and then there was the reaction of, oh, my God, he ran slow. So let me let me back him down a little bit. Um, we've seen some guys. I, I mean, Josh Jacobs didn't run well. And and look at him, right? And I'm not comp- – again, I'm not comparing the skill sets, right? But there, there are examples of guys that have run slow that are just as successful in the NFL. Speed is not everything. Um, so I, I think again, a guy like JD McKissick, a guy like Naeem Hines is who I relate him to. And it's a guy that you can throw in a flex damn near every week if you want to. And especially in games that you expect the team to be down. Um, so I think Kyron Williams is, is almost, almost a sure thing for the Rams to be able to give you some production this year. The biggest difference between Kyron Williams slow and Josh Jacobs slow is that Josh Jacobs 220 and Kyron's 194. Correct. Yep. That's the difference. Uh, I forgot about Bo Melton. I don't, I must have missed people. I don't really know, but Bo Melton is very exciting to me. He's on the Seahawks. Bo Melton. Well, we didn't go, we didn't, we didn't hit the seventh round. That's why. We oh, that, is that what happened? Oh, well, let's fucking yeah. hit the seventh round. Jesus. I was curious. Yeah. Like, how did I miss these guys? Uh, Bo <laughs> yeah, Melton is someone I'm real fucking excited about to be completely honest with you. He is someone who I think has a lot of potential as a, again, like a, a Rutgers guy, just like Isaiah Pacheco. But like he has a size, he's got route running acumen, all those things. I think it's really, really exciting. Um, someone that I am, and it could be a better landing position either because at Seattle, they want the best players on the field. They don't really care when you are drafted. It doesn't bother them. It, it really doesn't. Um, Brad, do you have anything to say about Bo Melton before we move on? There's like pretty much no one else in this class that needs to be talked about, yeah. though. Honestly, I literally could not have less of a fucks given about Bo Melton. I mean, they, they, I, I'm serious, right? I, I, 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I care. I mean, you still have uh, Dwayne Eskridge, who got drafted in the second round last year. Uh, you still have, obviously, DK Metcalf. There's some talk around Tyler uh, Lockett being moved. I just think it's less likely now that the draft is through and whatnot. So best case scenario, to me, he's the fourth wide receiver this year. Um, if that, I just, I don't see much opportunity for a guy, especially when I'm looking at Drew Locke as the quarterback. I, I just, Ugh. you know, not, and we didn't even talk about no offense. So I, he's just not a guy I'm, I'm super excited about. You, 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 uh, two quarterbacks went in the seventh, Chris Oludakun, uh, Pittsburgh, South Dakota state university. He is an athletic signal caller. He's not going to be anything. Three, actually. Skylar Thompson went to Miami, so watch the fuck out, Tuba. And then <laughs> the Mr. Relevant is Brock Purdy of the draft. Oh, Purdy. So back to my question. You said Connor Williams for your five, six, seven guy. I'm going to yep. say Tyler Algier. Um, but I think those are the two guys that have the biggest value from these two rounds. I think Keonta Ingram is a great grab. Um, there's a couple other guys that are good sleepers in this class right now, but I think you'd be had late that could find meaningful roles in your team. This is just, we've been saying it and you caught flack. We all caught flack for it, but this is a God awful fucking class. And if you're able to trade your pick for 2023 first, you should be smiling and laughing and clapping with glee because, oh my God, like, oh, it's just, I'm exhausted. I cannot wait to go on a 2023. It's way more fun. I can't wait to talk about these guys that are going to be fringe players because that's so much fun. But overall, what's your biggest takeaway from day three, Bradley? Oh, biggest takeaway from day three. Um, I feel like, especially this year, you saw a bunch of guys go that you didn't know a lot about. So I feel like teams were more willing to go with the guys that did well in interviews, were able to talk offense, were able to talk defense, were able to, you know, were character players over any kind of production, right? So I, I you know, I, I just, I, and I have literally no background to that. That's just kind of the, the gist I'm getting, right? When you look at drafts, Right. If you think back to last year, there were guys in the fifth, sixth, sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that were like, oh, my, like, what? How does this happen? Right. And then something medical comes out. And you're like, oh, all right, that makes sense. Right. But there were very few offensive players taken in the last couple of years drafts that we were like, who the, who is that? Like, where did that guy come from? Um, and you saw a lot of that this year, one, because the depth of the class was trash. Um, and two, I think, you know, my perception of that is kind of around the fact that they just went for more character players, guys that they knew could be on the practice squad and fit a role in a practice squad kind of situation, uh, and things like that, instead of guys that, oh, well, this guy at least had 800 yards receiving last year, uh, before a 400 yard sophomore season or whatever the situation is. So I think also we're seeing people start to get, or the NFL is starting to in or add in um, analytics heavier, which is probably why we're seeing these smaller stool guys. Um, it's just, yeah. it's tough. 
it's tough. It's a tough draft, and you're going to have to really grind out to make value out of this. It's going to be hard as shit for rookie on the rise rotor ball this year. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy shit. Figuring I, out the prices is going to be crazy. I yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm just. We're probably <laughs> going to have to spend three hours, you, me, and Eric, making prices because it's going to be awful. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be. Everyone's going to be within like two hundred dollars of each other. No one's going to be maxed out at five k. Um, that yep. leads me now with the drafts done. We can talk about rotor ball more on the draft on, on the rookie on the rise. It's a really fun season long best ball. It's a salary. So every player, every rookie's got a salary. You start one quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, and you start five flex. You set it, you forget it. Once the season starts, it doesn't matter. Um, we're going to be on, I'm, I'm going to try to put on an MFL this year because I was exhausted entering those data points every single week. Um, yeah, sorry. That no, it's not. It, it had best, it, so. it had to be done. It had to be done, and I understand that. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be really fun. I'm gonna try to keep the price point low. I think to customize MFL, you need like it's like a seventy dollars. So assuming we have you know ten people or twelve, what's math here? Twelve, fifteen people. We can keep at like ten dollar buy-in. So then like some of that money goes to MFL, and the rest goes to like a 50-50 split between charity. And between um, and the winner taking the, the bag, it'll be really really fun. Strongly recommend. Shout out to Garrett Javena, FF Goldmine for winning it last year. Won his set, won his ass Garrett. fifty bucks. Uh, real fun. Shut the fuck up, kids. I'm podcasting. Fucking idiots out there <laughs> slamming my garbage can around like shit. Uh, anyways, Brad, why don't you close this bitch out? Who is your favorite sleeper right now? Is it still? Is it Kyron Williams? Is he a sleeper for you? sleeper i don't know if this is going to classify as a sleeper or not does a, a comp pick in the third round count as a sleeper yeah uh, who is it david bell no it's not a fucking sleeper he's like 202 bro but you can ride david bell if you want i'm riding david bell. like i'm i'm low-key excited about david bell right he doesn't need to be an alpha I was I was worried about him going to a wide receiver needy team where they were going to ask him to kind of be the guy uh, and being able to go to Cleveland. And it's, you know, maybe it's a homer pick as well, uh, but being able to go to Cleveland, playing with a stud quarterback into Sean Watson, having a true alpha in Amari Cooper and, you know, a running back group that can take the pressure off the passing game. Uh, I, I'm I'm very excited for him to be able to step into that wide receiver room and be a Keenan Allen-esque type of player, right? A slower guy, but he's got a good route tree. Um, you know, he's not going to kill you with speed or anything like that, but, uh, you know, he can create separation. All you got to do is go watch the tape of Purdue. He, I really kind of grew a little bit on David Bell, uh, even though I gave you shit about taking him over uh, Christian Watson on Twitter. So, uh, you know, I, do I think it. I, I, yeah, I think I'm, I don't think I can with, with Watson ending up in green Bay, but uh, I, I, I'm excited about David Bell. Yeah. I right fucking there with you. Very excited about David Bell. Uh, May 22nd is the Debbie summit. I know you guys don't know much about Debbie, although you're learning more and more, but basically if you want to level up being a dynasty bubble player, it's called playing Debbie. You no longer have draft picks. You have players that are actual that you draft in college and they sit on your fake taxi squad until they can come up into the professional sports. It is a lot of fucking fun. It is a really good way just to get a better understanding and grasp of the class so that you're prepared 
and you don't have to cram 75 players in two months or two weeks to get your NFL rookie drafts nailed out. Um, it's going to be May 22nd. It's going to be 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. It is a six-hour potathon. All charity proceeds go to Ukrainian refugees. There's literally no better uh, cause it can go to at this point. I really hope to see you guys there. I'm going to be hosting Travis May and Angelo FF in the, an- in the analytics portion of the Debbie section. It is going to be a blast. Verdeen Global currently has our, gle- our gear, and it is these hats. are. I'm wearing a snapback right now, and it is one of the best snapbacks I sincerely have bought in the last five years, and I truly mean that. Uh, most of those proceeds, if not all, go to Ukrainian refugees as well. It's for a great cause. Please stop and at least donate. If not, learn about Devi. It is a fantastic resource and it is so much fun. May 22nd, be there. And also, I'd be remiss. Um, my father-in-law had a massive heart attack. I'm going to say this all the time because I'm trying to help that my future father-in-law and my fiance's family out. It was scary. It is awful. Check in on your loved ones. You, whatever you're mad at for your family, it is not fucking worth it. There are some, I'm alive, but sometimes it's worth it. But if it is a squabble, squash it because life is fickle and there's literally no guarantee that anyone's going to be here tomorrow. I have the meal train app or the meal train link pinned on my Twitter. That is basically where you can go and share it and people can donate or add meals to him so that he can help him out while he's recovering from his quadruple bypass. Uh, I'm not asking you to donate. That doesn't feel right with me, but I'm just asking you to share. Um, and then thank you so much. Uh, your time is valuable. It means a lot. You spend it with me. So thank you. Make sure you do something for yourself. Check in on your loved ones. Have a fucking day. You can find me on Twitter at BFF Sandman. Uh, that is the podcast and go and buy a Wandale Robinson. Later. I've never heard that like <laughs> announcement before. What the hell just happened? Shit. I can help. Okay, Eric, miss you, buddy. Work is starting to ramp up now that COVID's kind of, you know, you know, on its downturn, it looks like. You know, we're back in the office every day. Uh, so that is, I forgot what that was like, to be honest. You know, spending two years working from home. Now I have to get up at 5.30 in the morning and go to work every day. Like this, this kind of sucks. I didn't even uh, get a chance but, to work from home. This is some horse shit, man. Oh, that's shitty, man. It was yeah, fucking awful. Shitty. You missed out. Before I get into it, I just want to acknowledge one major Can portion. we talk about fucking rookies? Like, that's kind of weird, dude. I mean, uh, fucking comma rookies. There's emphasis and grammar. I don't, don't grammarly me, bro. I'm an idiot. I'm edumacated. It's interesting. I think it's, I feel like it's interesting. Um, and I know you guys hate, you and Eric hate when I do this playing with his balls uh so i just don't care (laughs) such an idiot i can't even help you you're so far gone oh my god all right so 
insane. Uh, Cade York got drafted by your Browns. I'm fucking pumped about that, even if that means Chase McLaughlin's out. I don't fucking care. Cade York's noise. Get it. That's right. This is a kicker show. I'm pretty happy with Cleveland's draft. I I thought you guys did great. (laughs) Hey, how about that punter, baby? Yeah. Oh, I'm happy about that, but we're going to talk about it later. After EZE, Pierre Strong went to fourth round draft capital, and then he got fucked by the Patriots. I don't even want to talk about this. I'm so fucking mad about this. I was so excited about Pierre Strong, man. I was like, yeah, cool. Fourth round. Oh, no. Bill fucking Dementia Belichick. Fuck. Because he was a Debbie darling, and people just couldn't get that out of their minds. Watermeyer is awful. He tested poorly. He never did anything fantastic at Texas A&M. He was good, but he wasn't, like, continually getting better. And so – he just like there is a reason Wattemeyer got on went undrafted. It's just because he is probably as slow as Rich Eisen. If you put him in, if you put him if you put him in a race, I love it. 